Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. But today we also have our stat guru, Matt. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is uh, Matthew Arp. I host the Ice Analytics Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'm here to embarrass myself uh, by uh, you know throwing some numbers at you. Now, I feel like, again, it might not sound too appetizing. Oh, we've got a numbers guy on here. But if I'm talking about a good podcast, the grumpy old man talking talking about, I guess, his old hard knocks wisdom compared to these new number analytics, I feel like would, would make a good combination and good listen. Okay, okay. I'm going to jump in here. This is TJ's in his, for anyone who listens to this podcast has to know TJ's in his absolute glory today. He's got another stats geek to uh, go back and forth with. <laughs> and, you know, you know, so I'm just here to punch holes and with other ri- ridiculous little, uh, you know, coursey stats. I mean, I, honestly, the grumpy old man, even at his advanced days, is willing to listen and try to learn, even though I know what my eyes show me. And it's really not surprising when you think about it. But Matt, uh, I will say, you know, we've we've spoken before, uh, but just for the people who are not familiar with you, uh, can you give us a little bit of your background? Like, uh, I'm sure you like hockey. I'm just going to assume that. I mean, I'm sure it's just not like where you just like numbers and stuff like that. So I'm sure that there's a hockey element uh, where you're a fan of a certain team. And just give us a little bit about yourself. We want age. Marital status, all that stuff. Now you can social talk. security number, credit card information. Yes, any of that stuff that you want to provide us, we'll be willing to take. Uh, but uh, can you just give us a little bit of insight on uh, what turns you into a hockey fan, what team you root for, and what turns you into a stat geek? All right. Well, uh, so I've always been really interested in hockey, uh, sports in general. I just love watching sports, competitive sports of any kind. Anything short of like esports and people playing video games. I mean, anything else like competitive curling, I'll watch. Like, I, you know, it's just I enjoy watching uh, watching people compete. So I've always been a sports fan, but the NHL and hockey in general just exemplifies uh, just it, there's something about it. You know, that the tradition. Um, you know, I grew up in an area that uh, we didn't have any ice rinks or anything, so I did a lot of outdoor hockey. So I played a lot of street hockey and stuff like that growing up. And just fell in love with the with the game. The number side of thing uh, kind of came into play when I was in grad school. Uh, I went to uh, I got my PhD in political science, and as part of uh, doctorate work, we had to take a bunch of stats classes. And I came into it absolutely hating stats. Like on day one, I didn't believe the numbers. I thought it was just uh, they were fugazi, and uh, you know people cherry pick numbers to prove their points and stuff like that. By the end of you know, a couple of years, I realized the uh, invaluable nature that they can have if they're accurately and, and reliably interpreted. So kind of it's kind of a marriage of things I'm interested in and, you know, my professional background. Um, it just seemed like a good fit and kind of fell into hockey analytics. Well, Grumpy, I have to jump back to something you said earlier, that you're willing to listen and learn. Now, does this mean that you can teach an old dog a new trick? No. I just am willing to learn. I mean, honestly, I listen to Matt talk, and he's probably the son that I could have had. You know, <laughs> if, I, if I had smart children, uh, he's the son I could have had. I actually, when I went to college, I wanted to major in political science. Uh, 
But then I figured there was no money in that. Uh, Matt, have you learned that yet on your end? Yeah. So I graduated uh, with the PhD two years ago and I'm still unemployed. So okay. there you go. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, so you could be one of my children. Just stupid then. That's fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, we love you anyway. And is there a favorite hockey team that you have or is just hockey in general? You know, if you put a gun to my head, I would say that uh, I'm a Caps fan first. But I'm, I would say that uh, I just like the game, the sport of hockey in general. Okay, fantastic. And uh, like I said, I'm I, I'm a just what I see. And Matt did send us, uh, I mean, a fascinating little spreadsheet. But, you know, the whole thing is, he, you know, we send it, and this is, maybe it's TJ's fault. I get it on my phone. Now, here's the thing. And you're like, oh, well, just scroll to the side, make a bigger. Yeah, I can, but I can't see everything at one time. So, you know, and maybe it's just because I'm old. I don't know, but I can't follow the names and then all the, the fancy little terms. He's got like five little terms up to the side. But, you know, you look at certain things and it's like, okay, well, I've seen that in my own thing and it's certainly uh, explainable. Um, so, you know, I'm going to let you go with that and just tell us any, have you noticed anything in particular uh, just looking over the Islanders numbers for the last, you know, three years. And this was my idea for people listening on podcast. TJ had no suggestions. He was just going to sit there and, you know, uh, use the manscaping cream while talking to Matt the whole time, just listening to stats. But I figured that I would, you know, actually have, uh, some positive input. So if we could learn anything from the last year of the Doug Waite era to this year with, uh, with Barry Trotz. And is there anything that you saw from when it started, to uh, current thing, because when I look at it, it almost looks like the stock market uh, kind of up and down for the last couple of years. No, and that's a fantastic question. And so much credit to you to uh, to bringing this topic, because I think there's a lot of things that the numbers can, can help um, demonstrate or at least uh, illustrate from the past three years. And I can I can talk about both team level and individual player level and if we if we will start with the team, and I guess we should probably start with Corsi because I know that's one of the things that uh, uh, we want to talk about. You know, their possession numbers haven't looked great the past three seasons, the last year uh, before Trotz, and then the, the two years after they hired him. But the number of shots that the Islanders have taken, they have dropped, but so have the number of shots they've given up. So the shots that opponents have taken on them. So they've they both dropped a little bit since Trotz came in. I think that speaks to his system. But if we forget about shots for a second, I mean, their goals against have plummeted, uh, you know, under Trotz. And I think a lot of this has to do with Mitch Korn as well as Barry Trotz. Uh, Mitch Korn is a great uh, goaltending coach who also came from the Caps. Um, so I'm very familiar with him and the work he's done with Holpe. I mean, they were saving something like 85 percent of high danger shots like right in front of the net um the, the first year that trots took over and i think that is a testament to how good the, and how strong the goaltending was and the system they put into place so i almost want to backtrack a little bit now for the listeners i'm not sure everybody is exactly privy to what Corsi is you see it thrown out there a lot and i i just see a whole bunch of numbers and you know all these stat sheets and obviously for for a person looking at it the first time, it can be a little confusing. If you had to kind of give us a depiction of what course he was in a holistic approach, what would that be, Matt? So there's there's two very popular possession metrics that, that they 
people use to as a proxy measurement for possession because we don't have any sort of measurement uh, to, that, that captures how long your team possesses the puck. And what people have come up with is Corsi and Fenwick, which are almost the same thing with one one little exception. And all it is 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 if you want to look at your Corsi or your Fenwick, you're looking at the number of shots that your team takes, which is different than the number of shots that show up on the scoreboard because uh, this includes shots that even miss the net. So all the shots that your team takes, all the shots that the other team takes against you, and you almost form like a ratio. You divide the numbers and see of all the total shots, how many of them are you generating? That's the your percentage of Corsi um, or Fenwick. And it's like I said, it's a proxy for just raw number of shots that your team takes and possession. Okay, terrific. Now, Grumpy, did you get that? Because I kind of did a little bit. I just want to make sure you're on the same page as me here. Uh, well, I really wasn't paying attention because I was texting someone um, <laughs> at the time. So, no, I didn't. No, no, I did. I mean, I, I basically understand what Corsi is. I guess the issue that I've um, always had with it, and I'll, I'll just ask this question, Matt. Does it take into account level of competition, uh, uh, like p part of the game, like the last two minutes, um, you know, stuff like that? Or is it just the raw numbers? Okay, when this unit's on the ice, this is what happens. It doesn't matter who they're playing against. If you understand, I mean, do you understand that question? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is just the raw numbers. It is okay. just the number of shots you take, the number of shots your opponent takes. Okay. And I, I, you know, I didn't want to make sound like you were stupid because the question was really, it was terrible the way I presented it. But you know what? I don't ask many questions on this podcast. I usually give all the answers because <laughs> I, I don't need to ask questions. I know all the answers, but I figured, you know, since you're a guest, I'm going to ask some questions of you instead of letting TJ do it. <laughs> and now Matt, this is also usually when you're looking at Corsi five on five play. So I know also different metrics include, you know, when you're on the power play, how those numbers are altered. Um, and one thing I've kind of noticed over time is the Islanders, you're right, don't have great Corsi numbers. And under the Barry Trot system, I don't think they ever will. That's just not what this system is tailored to. Um, is there any also way where they can account how many of these chances are kind of from the periphery that really don't threat or they really don't threaten the goalies as being a high danger shot opportunity. So there is a beautiful new statistic that came out. And, and it was funny when we talked about this a week ago, when, when I, um, when I had you uh, on, on my pod and we talked about doing, doing a, a conversation about Corsi. Corsi uh, was the flavor of the month, you know, going back 10, 15 years, people have been using Corsi a lot. And like you said, you see it a lot thrown around by different media networks and teams and stuff. There's been a lot of development that's happened since then. And one of the, the new flavor of the month statistics is called uh, expected goals for percentage. And that has recently come out probably like the last three, four years. It's a little different because it's not based on raw shot data that you can look at and see like number of shots you took, number of shots the other team took. It's a, it's a model. It, it throws in a lot of different variables. It's super complicated of, of how they... They measure different things. It actually does capture what you're describing. Shot location, if it's a rebound opportunity, if it's a deflection, uh, you know, it takes into consideration a lot of different factors, not just the raw number, but 
locations and and situations and stuff like that, um, which which you know presents a little different story than just a, a raw number of shots. Okay, terrific, and that's kind of what I was wondering. And you know, kind of to shift gears a little bit, I know people in general have been talking, and even NHL teams have been applying more of this Corsi and stats analytics into their approach of building a team and an organization. Um, I know not all teams do it. I don't think the Islanders are, are one of those teams that look for for guys who have high Corsi numbers and can do X, Y, and Z well. They look for you know certain niches that that can build a team that Barry Trotz would like. In your experience and what you've seen around the NHL, kind of how many teams are moving towards more of this stats analytics based approach? There, there's a lot of teams. I know that there was a there was a sheet that came out a few years ago. And not every team employs uh, their own personnel in-house, but a lot of teams, uh, if they don't do that, have contractors that they, they bring in um, to, to do some of this work for them. It's a substantial number of teams. I, I want to say there's only like three or four teams in the league, and I, and I can't think of off the top of my head. I know Anaheim's one of them, um, but I'm not sure about the other ones. But it, it is such a small number right now that doesn't have any sort of analytics component, whether in-house or contracted out. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, um, and I, I'm I'm going to jump on that, Matt. You're 100% correct. I think most every team uh, uses analytics and not necessarily just Corsi, but analytics uh, when they evaluate players now. I know the Florida Panthers a couple of years ago when they uh, moved Dale Talon out and let Tom Rowe run the ship for a year right after uh, they played the Islanders, their first playoff appearance forever. Um and they went all Corsi and all analytics, and uh, it was a disaster for them. And it just made me pat myself on the back saying, well, that's what happens when these computer geeks get involved <laughs> with a real sport. Uh, you know, Matt, I found it interesting before when you said the only sport you weren't interested in was like EA sports. And that kind of surprised me a little bit. I figured you'd really be into that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. No problem. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. Like I said, I mean, it certainly is the way the NHL is going. Uh, you know, when I, uh, I guess as a skilled veteran of watching hockey games over 40, almost 50 years now, uh, I can say that, you know, I can, I can tell just by looking, I'm like, Mike, these guys can't get out of their own zone. And I don't need a Corsi stat to tell me that. Um, but like I said, I am willing to, I am open to, learning and listening just in case I go blind one day, I can still know what's going on. Well, I kind of do have another question to play off of that. And again, I'm just, I want to play devil's advocate because I want to hear both sides. I know there's some people who are staunch believers and yes, Corsi, everything. And I know there are people who are a hundred percent against. So for the people that are against Matt, how would you be able to describe kind of what the Corsi numbers look like and even the expected goal number, goal the expected goal numbers looked like for the Islanders last year, which were relatively down. Again, I know they had unbelievable play by their goaltenders all season long. Their defense did improve a lot. But even when you look at the Corsi numbers in general, kind of based off what you've given us, the numbers were lower than they were even this year. And again, last season, the Islanders finished top five in the NHL. I think they shocked a lot of teams. I think that's important to go ahead and add into this equation. But a lot of times it was – they were pinned up in their own zone and they played almost this counter attack type of style of game. Now does Corsi, how, how does Corsi kind of take into account that? Because the Islanders were outshot 
and I want to say probably 60, 70% of their games last season. Um, but again, they were able to win games based off of those quick punches when they were able to get their opportunities or able to execute. Yeah, I think that I, as much as Corsi laid the foundation for modern day analytics, that was one of the first big modern accepted uh, statistics that, that people started using. I think that it absolutely has its limitations. And I think that when you're just looking at the number of shots that, that you give up, which you're absolutely right. Um, the Islanders, the, you know, the last three years before and after they hired trots their their Corsi numbers have not looked great. And, and people would look at that and say, you know, well, the Blackhawks, when they won the Stanley cup, they had phenomenal Corsi numbers and LA has always had phenomenal Corsi numbers. They won a bunch of cups and what well, worked for them. Yeah, it worked for them. But I think that to say that just out shooting your opponent is, is how you win hockey games. I think that's a little misguided because anybody can just shoot from the from the blue line. I mean, just getting a shot attempt off doesn't mean it's a good shot. And that's where I think that, you know, there's a difference between shooting quality and shooting quantity. And I think that Corsi does a, a really good job of, of uh, capturing the quantity of shots. But, you know, what's more important, having one good shot or having 10 bad shots? And I think that's where, uh, yeah, the Islanders numbers, if you look at it on paper, they defied expectations last year um just looking at Corsi but I think if you look at some other things um and, and factor in locations and and their their quality of shooting I don't it was they still I mean the goaltending was still out of this world and I think that you know was a lot of the reason why they were so successful but you can't deny that they they took good shots last year and they also limited uh good shots against them yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in right here. Uh, you know, TJ, it's not just, and I, you know, I, I hate to rip TJ when he bungles a question. No, I don't, but it's more analytics as opposed to Corsi. Um, and I want to say the, the forerunner to a team that plays the style that you wanted to win was the Russians, uh, way back in the 1970s and 1980s, they didn't have a whole lot of shots, but they controlled that puck and they would pass back and forth, and they would almost score at like 30% clip as a team because, you know, just of the way that they ran their offense. They didn't just take shots. Everything was a prime scoring opportunity. I don't think I ever saw a Russian take a point shot. Uh, well, of course they did. But, you know, everything was them maneuvering the puck down low and getting it to the open man and skating to certain, uh, you know, certain, certain sections of the ice. Uh, but they – I would kill – to see what their analytics numbers were for those Russian teams back in the 70s and 80s, because I'm going to bet they were off the charts. Matt, do you know anything about that? I know it was before you were born. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the numbers don't go back that far, but I, I know exactly what you're describing. I think we can, uh, that would be really interesting to get those numbers if we had them. Well, and I, I kind of want to backtrack here a second, grumpy old man. The reason I ask Corsi specifically is you hear the old adage applied to hockey throughout all stages, whether you're you're a mite or peewee, all the way until you know you're playing the NHL. You want to throw the puck on that as often as possible because good things happen when you throw the puck on that. And that's why I asked specifically about Corsi because you see in the, in the NHL, especially in the playoffs. How many fluky goals are there where you just kind of throw it in a general direction? It bounces off a board, then hits off a skate, then someone pounces right to somebody right in front of the net, and he kind of just is able to nudge it in. That's why I was asking specifically about Corsi because, you know, as much as I do understand there are limitations 
It's also good. Again, I want to play devil's advocate for and against it. But, you know, when you throw the puck on that, you can't deny it. Good things do happen. Yeah, for me, I'm always thinking that, uh, you know, anything where you can get an advantage on your team to see how your team is performing is good. Uh, you know, like I, said, I brought up the Panthers before where their personnel decisions were solely based on analytics. And I just thought that was idiotic. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's still a human, for the most part, the human element to the game is most important. And, uh you know, I know some lines work better with others. Certain teammates work better better with others. Uh, is there a breakdown, Matt, that they can do where it's okay when certain defense pairings affect how the forward groups play or anything like that? Is that something that uh, you're able to do? Not you, but uh, you know that they're able to do. Say, okay, when this defense pairing out is out, these all these lines prepare are better. I mean, I, I think that has something to do with too. I just think there's so much uh, that they, honestly we've only scratched the surface when it comes to analytics. Uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, it's amazing in the last five years how things have progressed and they keep progressing. And yeah, we're seeing this new trend in micro stats, which is uh, or micro analytics, where you know uh, there was actually just a conference. There's a hockey analytics conference, several of them now, but there was one a few months ago and, and there was an introduction of all what you're describing, you know, how different line combinations interact with one another or how players play better with, with different defensive partners and others and, and really kind of breaking down individual impacts of players based on who's around them. It's, it's still in development. We still don't have, you know, a big enough sample to say definitively, this is how you should build your roster, but yeah, well, that's the direction we're trending in is that, you know, we started by looking at just raw aggregate data like Corsi and, and it's crazy in like 10 years how advanced things have become. Well, once again, it just proves the grumpy old man is ahead of his time because that was that to me, that's the big issue I have with Corsi. There's too many variables or not just Corsi, analytics in particular that uh, now see now TJ's got me doing it, calling analytics Corsi. Good job, TJ. Uh, but <laughs> in analytics in particular, there were just so many variables that uh, it didn't account for. And it's nice to he, nice to see that. Uh, it's kind of like I've always had, uh, you know, 25 years ago, I said to my wife, I said, you know what? There's going to be a time where movie theaters are not going to be there anymore. And everything's going to be beamed to the house uh, where everyone could watch any movie on their television screen, charge 50 bucks or whatever it is. And you're kind of seeing it come true now. So once again, I said, I, she said, you got a great idea. Why don't you put it into implementation? Because no one would ever listen to the grumpy old man uh, because they're jealous of every, uh, every idea that he has. So, you know. You're ahead of the curve. Uh, of course. That's what you get laughed at, right? That's right. And, you know, everyone will laugh at me. I'm going to tell you what. I used to work for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers and, uh, you know, was a statistician uh, for them. And uh, I remember talking with people, you know, with higher-ups in the NFL. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I said, I used to love those old songs that they used to have on the highlight videos. And wouldn't you know, within a year, they come out with, uh, you know, the NFL version of all of their songs that they played. Uh, during the highlight videos, and I didn't see a nickel from that, but I know they took that idea from me. Wow, grumpy, yeah. grumpy, let me, grumpy. Let me tell you something. See that wow was not as enthusiastic, uh, you know, as I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> but these are true things. It's not a conspiracy. These are true things, as well as the name Victory Formation. When I called games, I want to say, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I used to say the Victory Formation. Nobody used it before then. Now everybody uses it. Another grumpy old man original. Thank you. 
So Grumpy created the name of the victory formation. Is that what I'm getting right now, Grumpy? That is exact. That is 100% correct. Absolutely 100% correct. And I never get credit for it. <laughs> oh, Grumpy. Um, and another thing, you know, I don't think the analytics will ever really be able to take fully into account is the human aspect and obviously chemistry. I think it does play a large role specifically in hockey and in baseball. Uh, obviously, you know, hockey is a close-knit group. Everybody has to be able to gel. There can't be really any pariahs in the locker room. That's a sport where everybody has to be on the same page and it has to be like a family and a unit. Yeah. What does that have to do with analytics? Anything? Well, I'm just saying, I, we're talking about the limitations of analytics and how far it can go. That's I don't think it's ever going to be able to go ahead and try to – it's never going to be able to capture that aspect. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, I – I completely agree. I mean, every every model that you have, that you're trying to, and you know, I do. Uh, yeah, I, I've not. I, I I've been. Yeah, if I can get my words out right, I uh, I've been classically, you know, trained in uh, doing a lot of human data stuff. I mean, anytime you're working with with people, political science, or the conflict data, or election data, or anything like that, you're always going to have a big error term. You know, the things that can't be captured by the model, and that's exactly what I think hockey analytics is, is, you know, needs to come to grips with is that anytime you're dealing with human subjects, anytime you're dealing with people, these aren't economic models. These aren't, um, you know, uh, you know, hard science models. Anytime you're dealing with people, you're going to have things you can't capture. And I think that, you know, being able to come up with a model that is reliably predictive 85% of the time, that's a win. You know, you're never going to get a hundred percent uh, predictability like you can out of some of these economic models that are predicting the stock market into the future or anything like that. This is, uh, this is, these are people, like you said. And I think that, uh, anytime you're doing with people are squishy, you can't, you know, they're, they're too variable, you know, you can't just lock them down and put a number on them. I agree, Matt. I'm going to tell you right now, the grumpy old man lives in the 15% though. I'm just going to tell you that <laughs> <laughs> nothing predictive about the grumpy old man. That is true. If I could tell you one thing from, I think, almost our three years of podcasting, Grumpy, I can definitely vouch that there is nothing predictable about you except that you're consistently unpredictable. Thank you very much. That's exactly the way I would phrase it. I was about to say that's the catchphrase we give you at the beginning of every single thing. That's it's a callback, Grumpy. Very good. <laughs> well, Grumpy, do you have any other questions for Matt? I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed picking his brain a little bit. This is the first time I've ever had a conversation about Corsi and about somebody who's knowledgeable on the numbers and analytics of the way hockey's headed. Um, it definitely was nice to hear from it. I, you obviously, I feel like, have obviously your people who think 100%. It's good to hear that Matt obviously uses a little mixture of both, and I think that is probably where you want to stay in towards the future of hockey. Yeah, he's lying. He might say that he uh, believes in a little bit of both, but he doesn't because he's <laughs> a geek and a nerd. I mean, and that's cool. You know, there's a place in this world for everybody, even people like you and him. So, I mean, it's not like I'm going to kick either one of you to the curb. I mean, I enjoy talking to the both of you. Uh, but what I'm going to say is uh, the one thing I'm pleased to hear, the one thing I learned from this is that I was right and y'all are wrong. Uh, but no, seriously, I am – really excited to hear about the micro uh um i forgot the even micro what analytics the micro analytics um to see that it going in that direction because that was my big thing all along why i didn't really believe in them it's like okay is what's the game situation who's the partners who are the guys you're skating with 
what and I think we're going to see this eventually. You can play have a guy on your line who's absolutely hideous in the defensive zone and doesn't follow, you know, what he's supposed to do, and that's going to harm the whole line. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's really, really interesting to see it going to that level. And that's how you can really find out, I think, more about a player in the long run. And another thing, Grumpy, even when you see a team jump up early in a game, for example, they're able to put two or three goals on a team, you know, maybe the goalie lets in a weak goal here or there, you see the game alter. And you'll see the team kind of switch a little bit more into a defensive, a defensive-minded team where they're okay. We're fine giving up shots from the, you know, the outside parts of the zone. Uh, we won't really be forced on. Uh, we won't really be uh, forcing the issue on our four check or anything of that nature. So I'm sure you know as as microanalytics has continued to to grow. I mean, we can also probably get a look as to how these numbers alter and change based off of what the score of the game is. Also, yeah, and. One thing I learned, you know, trying to read Matt's uh, multitude of charts uh, is that, you know, you look at certain players and you can tell, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense because that's what I've been seeing, you know, on, you know, the Corsi numbers and other other numbers that are involved in the analytics. I found it interesting. Now, Matt, the one thing, because I couldn't look at, I couldn't look at all of it without losing my mind. Uh, did you find that the Islanders under Barry Trotz give up less quality chances than they did in the last year of Doug Waite? Because it certainly seemed like that to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely, yeah. Every Almost every skater that has played the past three years improved significantly that first year after they hired Trotz. There was one exception, though, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I haven't watched the Islanders nearly as much as you have. And, and as the experts, Jordan Eberly is the only player – who saw his expected goals against go up, his expected goals for go down in year two, uh, or I should say the first year of Barry Trotz, and actually, you know, improved this year. Um, what's going on? What what happened with him last year? They put him with that useless dog Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, okay. where he played where he played with Matt Barzal previously. Uh, and yeah, I was about to say when you're talking about chemistry. Eberly doesn't really gel well with Anders Lee, who interestingly enough had an increase in his Corsi numbers under Doug Waite, Barry Trotz's first year, and Barry Trotz's second year, which is not at all what I was expecting, um, just based off of what we kind of see him uh, demonstrate on the ice. I mean, this has definitely, in my opinion, been a down year for Anders Lee. Um, but yeah, Anders doesn't usually gel all that well with Jordan Eberly, and I think Everly really made a concerted effort to to play pretty sound defensively last season as well. Uh, maybe he, you know, maybe that also resulted in not so many chances going his way. Well, yeah, I, he, go go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just going to say he's also interesting because um, his he played a lot based on these numbers. His, he played better defensively last year, uh, Andres Lee did than he than he is this year, but his offensive production. You're absolutely right. He's the only player, aside from Russ Johnston, who is just getting better over time, regardless of the coaching change. Well, Ross the Boss Johnson is going to find a way into the starting lineup is what our boy Matt's telling us right now. After Matt Martin leaves, we can expect great things from my friend Ross Johnston. Ross Johnson is the grumpy old man of the Islanders. His game <sighs> never changes. It just stays the same. He is what he is, and I love him for that. Uh, you know, as opposed to average Anders, um, 
you know, I'm not a fan of his as TJ knows, certainly not at the money he gets paid. Uh, but I thought that uh, he's right. He doesn't gel with Matt Barzal and Jordan Everly. It's like peanut butter and pickles. You can figure out who's what. Uh, and that's an issue that I have with him. But uh, I am really uh, seriously, I'm excited about the future of analytics when it gets into more detail so you can learn more about an individual player. I am genuinely shocked that that was your takeaway, Grumpy. I was definitely expecting you to be 110% against analytics in hockey, but I am shocked. No, I, I mean, I, I, here's the thing. You know I'm a big stats guy, but I just didn't feel that the stats that were available told us really anything because it didn't give us enough detail and individual detail. And if we're going to have individual detail, I think it's absolutely spectacular and fantastic. But until we get that, um, I'm just going to go with the old eyeball method because, like I said, I can tell, like I can tell Leo Komarov can never manage to get out of his zone. Or even last year, last year when he was with Philpola and uh, I don't know whoever, what other Ham and Egger was on that third line. Um, but, you know, you could tell certain they just can't get out of the zone. And, you know, I see, you know, you see Croc Nelson. I noticed his numbers were down this year. I'm not surprised because they're depending on him to do more than he did last year, and he's not capable of doing that. So other things suffer. Um, these I, are would, not- I would argue, though, Brock Nelson, I thought, has had a better season this year than he did last year. Well, you can argue that all you like. You're a Brock Nelson uh, mark. So, you know, you love him. You've loved him since the day they drafted him. You've been piping about how much how great Croc Nelson is. I like them since his college days. Let's go ahead and get that set. But Grumpy, um, you know, definitely thank you. Well, first off, Matt, I definitely want to go ahead and get your information if Grumpy doesn't have any other questions for you. No, I want to make sure that Matt uh, gives uh, a plug to his podcast and whatever else he's doing. And good luck on the job search. Well, thank uh, you. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a future for you somewhere. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ice Analytics and the Ice Analytics podcast is available Fridays on the Hockey Podcast Network. And the only other thing I'm really working on and, and keep an eye on the Twitter is I'm going team by team and providing uh, these these rate charts every day. I'm, I'm dropping another team in reverse order standing. So I think at this point I'm like 13 teams in um, working from the worst team to the best team in the league. And providing an overview of their roster using another metric we never even talked about uh, the goals above replacement uh analytic which is a which is a new thing that just came out a few years ago so okay. yeah if you, if you want to check that out uh you can find that on the twitter and otherwise thanks for thanks for having me on we don't care about other teams matt we hate them for the most part uh so but anytime you can give us good islander information we're going to use it no but that's okay I, actually it's really good to know all, all kidding aside it's fantastic to know uh the work that you're doing and it's, it's really great stuff and uh anyone who really wants to get into uh any of the analytical aspect of the game should definitely hit up your podcast without a doubt i appreciate that Yes, I, I've enjoyed it, Matt and Grumpy. Uh, big thanks to you guys, and, and big thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, very grateful for them. They allow us to have this podcast on multiple different platforms, whether you listen to it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you could find the Hockey Podcast Network's version of the Never Say Die podcast. So thank you, Grumpy Old Man, and thank you, Matt. It really has been a pleasure. And again, I've learned a lot. I, I was I would consider before this podcast – 
not very knowledgeable about Corsi or hockey analytics and how things were headed. And it was nice to be, I, I won't say enlightened, but it was nice to have my eyes opened a little bit, Matt, to what's going on out there. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on.